language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, your host. Just so it's out there, I want to make sure everyone's aware that they can find all of our shows, past, present, and in the future, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Just search Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Hello, David. How are you? Doing fine and very happy right now because we're back talking about my favorite character. Okay, calm down. You're going to fucking bust a nut over there. We haven't even started yet. You're so giddy. <laughs> Dude, when it comes to Valance. Oh. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm, I agree with you. I am definitely a little too excited when I start reading this issue. When I crack it open, I just have a smile on my face. So I'm there with you, but I like to play it cool, Dave. I like to play it cool. Oh, not a star, not a Star Wars geeks, man. No, I, mean, I, I everyone, play it shy. I play shy. There's, a little bit. there's so many fans now actually guessing like who would you want Valance to be played by if he oh, was yeah. in the live action? And I'm like going, Adam Baldwin. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. People are throwing around names like Bruce Campbell. Hmm. Like going going I, even. I think it's too uh, on the nose. Going even Arnold. No, I don't want Arnold. I love Arnold, but no. But Valance is based on Arnold. You gotta, you, especially coming from Target uh, Vader. Maybe. No, I don't think he's based on Arnold. Is he? We didn't. He get, did we get it. into that? Uh, no, we, he's we not. Dave, because Valance came out in the seventies, and Terminator was what eighty three. I want to say so. I yeah, think so. few I'm years too sure. early. But anyways, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Bounty Hunters, issue number two, Galaxy's Deadliest, Sorrow of the Syndicates. <laughs> so this is a series, an ongoing Marvel series. It is written by Ethan Sachs, who is doing a stellar job fleshing out Valance in a way that I wasn't quite expecting and illustrated the art, essentially, by Paolo Vianelli. And this is going to be our last issue for quite some time. Sad to say, Dave. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that damn coronavirus. Stupid COVID-19. <laughs> Never mind the people that are dying. We're not getting comic, <laughs> comic books. books. Oh, what are we supposed to oh, do? Oh, what a world. <laughs> no bounty hunters. No bounty. <laughs> yeah, so this issue features a plethora of bounty hunters. The official synopsis, bounty hunters... Uh, draws first blood cyborg bounty cyborg bounty hunter Valance will stop at nothing to find his old mentor Nakano Lash after her stinging betrayal years earlier. But other bounty hunters have taken the job after a vicious crime lord put out the hit. Everyone's got a reason to go after the traitorous Lash, Bosk, Bobo Fett, and a slew of new killers are hot on Lash's trail. 
But can Valance get to her first? And what could have possibly made Lash break her word and betray her fellow hunters? And truth could shake the foundations of the criminal underworld in the galaxy. All right, so we both love Robbie Thompson and what he did with Target Vader. Yes. And, of course, in Cadet Solo with the official reintroduction of Baylar Valance, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We liked it. It was fun. It was exciting. It was simple, but appropriately so. Yeah. And I kind of figured we would get the same thing. And I was okay. I was prepared for that. But then in this issue, (laughs) Ethan Sachs showed us that he's not going to do that superficial stuff. Like, listen, we had the fun at the beginning. Now it's time to get into the meat of this character. Let's understand him fully. Let's start fleshing that out. Let's start pulling back those layers. And boy, did they, Dave. He is so awesomely angry. (laughs) The dude threw a stormtrooper helmet at another stormtrooper, and the guy went flying across the room. And and he was taking like blaster fire, just point blank. He didn't care. Well, and that's why, Dave, it's so fucking sad. He wanted to die. That's that was his whole point. He's so angry. He wants to die. He even asked in the flashback sequence when Lash saves his life. He's like, why did you save me? He doesn't want to live, Dave. There was there was a moment where he was screaming. I'm barely even human as he's blasting stormtroopers this is a dude in like real psychological pain yes and i did not expect us to go in to that type of detail when it comes to valance and we're going there dave and coming coming out from his introduction from the han solo series into target vader there was hints that basically okay valance is a bit more bitter towards the empire than Either either story that we saw previously showed, but it was hinted at. It was hinted that basically he has some really intense baggage. It came off as revenge for revenge's sake. Like, hey, yes. listen, you did me wrong. I'm going to do you back. Yes. This comes off as more elaborate, that there is a deep-seated issue with him, that there is something off. And listen, that makes sense. You have a man that lost, what, 85% of his body? 85% of his body. And on top of that, he he was sacrificing his body for what he thought was the right thing. Which is so horrible. Yeah. And then he finds out it's it, it, it wasn't. And he even, yes. And then on top of that, you throw on the fact, the thing I liked from the previous series that they added was the fact that they had a character that Baylart hates save him which was Han. Han saved him in the end. Mm-hmm. And Baylart, instead of being grateful, hated Han for that. And that, that became something that added to his character and getting to see it here that basically, Oh, we're not forgetting about that. We're not forgetting about like the past emotion or past emotional trauma that Baylart got put through. We're just expanding. On we're going to expand on it now. And you're right. I was really surprised that Ethan Sachs just, I think it was the second page. Mm-hmm. Second page, he just jumps right into it. He shows that basically, okay, why is he connected to Lash? And then what was his you know, state of mind at that point? 
and it flows really nicely to how they introduced him. Yeah, and I'm very happy that this is, in fact, what was sold to us. When this was promoted, they had said that this is going to be a story that deals with a variety of bounty hunters, some new and some classic. But the story, the the lead of the series will be Balart Valance. Yeah. And I had thought like, yeah, okay, we're going to have Bobo Fett. Bobo Fett's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to be the cool guy of the series. And yet, no. Balart Valance is the main narrative. Yes. He's the character that we're delving into. And I'm not saying there isn't room to jump into Bobo Fett and and Bosk and these other characters that would make for an even more robust, rich story. Absolutely. But right now let's focus on the character that we don't know. Let's really flesh him out and figure out what makes him tick and why he continues to do what he does. I mean, it was just, it was very telling and you're absolutely right. They, even though they're taking this down a more deeper route, you know, Ethan Sachs story, than say what Robbie Thompson did, he is still continuing and being true to what Robbie Thompson had set up. Yeah. Uh, the idea of sacrificing your body for a cause. And then you find out that cause didn't give a fuck about you. <laughs> so they are continuing that. Um, and it's a very pow- powerful message, but it's also a bit of a, an elaborate metaphor for a lot of things. When he says, I'm barely even human, are they going to explore this? Because, A, he is barely even human, right? Because he's 80% machine, something like that. Yeah. But then that's a great mechanism to explore the humanity. Maybe he finds out in the end that he is worth something and that he is human. Maybe he makes a decision that shows that I am human. It's not that I'm barely human. I am I'm human and I'm alive. And it seems like they are setting that up. I'm not saying it's going to be all rainbows and butterflies. And we don't want, honestly, Dave, we're, we're sadists. We don't want that anyways for our characters. Not for Valance. No, we want Shakespearean tragedy. But if we can understand what's making this character tick and on the other end of that, there is some resolve for him, then that's definitely what we want. Cause that makes for just an alt, uh, just to be honest with you, that just makes for a better story, period. Well, that's one of the strengths of this issue that I noticed after rereading it for like probably the third time I started noticing the way Ethan Sachs uses the idea or concept of mystery. Okay. He with like in regards to Baylart, he keeps it very vague. Why Baylart is chasing down lash. We get the sense it's for revenge, but there's, there's this more, nagging yeah. sense, just like what you said, that there's something more there. Why is Baylart doing this? And Baylart's not saying anything about it. And that that adds to the mystery. And even with like characters, I thought in this issue, this was the best way you could use Boba Fett. The way that Ethan Sachs used Boba Fett, where it's Boba Fett already showed up. He's the one that showed up, blew everybody up, well, and killed everybody. Shows up to the you gotta give it a little more yeah. of a setup. Go ahead. And basically when, when Baylart shows up at the bar and everyone's dead, he realize he sees a, a hidden camera and basically sees that, Oh, the hidden camera recorded Boba Fett was here before him. And you almost get the sense that Ethan Sachs is trying to portray Boba Fett as kind of like the boogeyman. He shows up 
everyone's going to die. We don't need to know anything more about what what's going to happen with Boba Fett. Right. We just need to see the aftermath of when he shows up. Well, it's a good way to build on the the infamy of Boba Fett. The mystery. Right. And it's smart to do that. And also because we're already dealing with Look, let's look at it from a scripting standpoint, from a writing standpoint. We're already dealing with an issue that goes back and forth chronologically. There are flashback sequences. Yes. And if you want to maintain that mystery in a particular issue, imagine if we had a flashback and then we had a flashback again to now explain what Boba Fett did. You would be like, oh, my God, my eyes can't roll back any further. <laughs> but the way they did it is actually very clever. Having... Baylart find the security camera, as you mentioned, and then he plugs into it. And then through Baylart's own investigation, we find out what happened. And we got our bit of Boba Fett and the mystery is intact without having to take us to that scene in a flashback. It's actually really clever. It's really clever. It, I, that, yeah. That's one of the things I've, uh, that, that's why I said, like one of the things in this issue that really, I started realizing is just the way that Ethan Sachs portrays certain characters backgrounds in, in a mystery sort of way adds that piece of mystery to each and every character. Well, these are mysterious characters. You can't just, Hey guys, here's the answer. Here it is. <laughs> Here it is. We're dealing with the underbelly of, of star Wars. You're dealing with characters that are either a in the gray anti-heroes or they're, just villains they're bad guys with these types of characters you gotta leave something to the imagination yeah if you explain these types of characters too quick they lose the mystique and then we lose interest in these types of stories and the beautiful thing is it's kind of like because of the way that he uses this way of mystique with each and every character you're constantly second guessing the other characters like is this really what, why they're after this person? Like I was never really interested in the uh, sister, basically the one sister that says, Oh, I'm yeah. going after lash because I want revenge from my brother. Right. And at first I'm like, okay, she's not that important. Doesn't seem that interesting. Mm -hmm. And this issue, because of all the chaotic energy that's in this issue, you suddenly are like trying to figure out, wait a minute, she says that she's going after revenge for the brother, but now she's bringing in this neck, this other faction in that her brother was fighting against, but it's still for the revenge of the brother. And then it started like making me second guess her motivations yeah. and it added mystery to her and yep. made her suddenly interesting to me. I agree. There's a lot going on, and I honestly didn't really expect this, but this we should have expected it because this is, let's remember, this is an ongoing series. Yeah. And one thing you could say a lot about the Disney era Lucasfilm, right? A lot of naysayers out there. But one thing that is the positive, just a beacon of just happiness for most Star Wars fans and it's the ongoing series, the ongoing Vader series, the ongoing Star Wars series, Dr. Afra, all the ongoing series for the most part are pretty fantastic. It's a plus work all the way around the mini series. We struggle with a bit. They're a little more superficial. Um, they're single serving for the most part, but we got to remember bounty hunters, Star Wars bounty hunters is an ongoing series. 
So it does make sense that we are going to take that time because we have it. The writer isn't beheld to, hey, you know what? You got to have your whole story finished by uh, issue six or issue four. We have time. We have time. And we can slow we can slow play this and allow these characters to marinate. And we don't have to be so anxious to throw Bubba Fett in. You know, we can take our time and we can figure out the story. And I love the angle they took in this issue, allowing Baylart to be our eyes. Yes. And we are figuring things out for the most part through, through him, through him. And that's how it should be since he's the, the lead of this series. And I'll just say this, Dave, uh, this artwork is some of the best artwork <laughs> I have seen in Star Wars comics. Yeah. Paolo Vill- Villanelli. He's becoming one of my favorite artists. Dude, he's killing it, right? He is absolutely murdering it. I mean, and again, it goes to the writer as well. You know, the writer is the one who maps out the panels for the most part, but they are brazen. Like they are both just brazen with, with these panels. Like they're not holding themselves to the typical run of the mill art and paneling that goes into comic books. I mean, they're taking up pages and yes, typically I'm not a fan of those the overuse of pages. In fact, I feel sometimes hey, it's a gimmick and it's a way to cheat your story. Like, oh, look at for three pages, we saw nothing but landscapes. With this, they are the chosen artwork and chosen paneling is just as visceral and in your face as the story is. Yes, it matches. It matches the script. In fact, that's what I like. Yes, it does. And sometimes, you know, some people may say, well, that's of course it should. Well, yeah, it should, but it doesn't always (laughs) with a lot of writers and and artists. Sometimes they're not on the same page. But with this issue, everything's in sync. Everything's working. And one of my favorite moments is the towards the end of this issue, the graveyard planet of Galmera. When Baylar is walking through these this planet that's just it's a wasteland of tombstones i mean first off how fucking amazing is that (laughs) okay can you imagine visually what that would look like in a movie it's so it's so western it's so western dude yep like the whole wasteland full of tombstones it harkens back to the good the bad and the The ending of good the bad and the ugly yep the ecstasy of gold scene yes dude it is so fucking cool and when he's just He's just swaggering through the the graveyard. Number one, the first page we get, I believe it's the first page we get of that planet. And they use, what, seven panels across the page to show his journey or his trek through the wasteland. Yes. It just, it's immersive the way it's drawn. It just pulls you in and you can see everything that they want you to see. It's very focused. They're controlling your eye and they're showing you what you need to look at. It's fantastic. This is a really great example. Villanelli in the past, whenever we covered uh, issues, there's certain issues where we say, Oh, this is really cinematic, right here. It's not so much. It's cinematic, but this it's, it's very kinetic. Like there's a lot of action and it keeps your eye going forward. Like, I really appreciate how Villanelli actually puts his uh, panels because it forces your eye to constantly move forward. You're never double backing. You're never like going, going back, going back and forth, left, right, left, right, up, down. No, there's a definite direction that you're seeing in his layout. And that, that 
is not seen a lot in in comics nowadays because like I'm sorry a lot of there's a lot of artists out there that just put the panels out there just stick them in there don't even think about it don't think about how it fits the script don't think of how it's going to make the the words on the page flow here every single page I looked at this like three times every single page it's like the 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 visuals you literally make the the dialogue flow. Yeah. Dude, it's working all together. There's a lot of synergy there. Yeah, they're really good. They're turning out to be a really great team, which is amazing in just two issues. Yeah, and I'm I, I just want to give my, you know, take my my hat is off to Ethan Sachs for not falling into the expected with our planets. Because I I think you and I both are part of the star Wars fandom where it's like, Hey, listen, and enough with tattooing enough with snow and desert <laughs> enough with Hoth enough with cloud city. Like those were great for those movies, for those stories. Let's leave it alone. Let's move forward. Let's look to the future. Okay. That's what this is about. It's 2020. We don't need to always go back to the same places. Coruscant in all those places. I love them, but there it's a big galaxy. And for them to introduce a new planet like this, uh, Galmera, which, by the way, this is its first appearance. This is a planet created by Ethan Sachs. Uh, its first official appearance, according to Wikipedia, is this specific issue, Bounty Hunters number two. So here we go. Our series, Dave, Bounty Hunters, has already introduced elements Fresh and brand new to the world of Star Wars. And I couldn't be happier. And because of that, I have really high expectations already for bounty hunters. Mm -hmm. But in regards to kind of like broadening the, the Star Wars universe, the only other series, and I've stated this in, in another show that has been able to broaden the universe and broaden the story of Star Wars is Dr. Aphra. Mm-hmm. I really hope bounty hunters can live up to the expectations of Dr. Aphra. I'm hoping, Dave. Because, like, I mean, they're no. introducing, they're, they're, Ethan Sachs is willing to actually introduce brand new elements. I'm not saying Ethan Sachs isn't capable, Dave, because so far he's proved that he can do pretty damn great work here. But we're talking Kieran Gillen and Cy Spurrier. They were the ones handling Dr. Afra. Yeah. Those are some. That's high expectation. Right. Now you've just entered that. And just, and, and, and I say in just in two issues, that's a I'm, lot. I'm not saying he's not capable. This could be his breakout series. That's the thing. I honestly think that this is probably a really breakout series. And it's one of those things that slowly I'm, I, I, I hate jumping the boat on a series because like I've always stated with, with all the comic book shows that me and you have done, I always wait till four, three or four issues mm -hmm. to say this series is gold. You got to pick it up. Right. And Bounty I, Hunters and two makes me want, want to tell people, go pick it up. You need to go pick this up. See, I am, I'm almost there, Dave for star Wars fans, absolute nerd star Wars fans like you and I, yes, this is a must. But for those people on the fence who don't like to read everything Star Wars unless it's really great. In fact, we have a lot of listeners that usually wait for us to say, yes, this is that one. You need to go buy it. 
I need a couple more issues before I fully say, yes, this is this series you must buy. Like, I definitely I, understand. That. Like, I could say, like, right now, I have told people, we have told people, Dr. Aphra is a fucking is amazing it, series. Amazing. Buy it. Buy it. You know, this one, I, I want to wait two more issues before I say, yes, this is something that everyone needs to read. But Dave, so far, I mean, all 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 paths are leading in that direction. All paths are leading in that direction. Because we even had that moment that I thought was just cool. It's the little things that people forget that makes things cool. Because even the monk that was briefly introduced, uh, the caretakers of souls. <laughs> that line when Bosk enters the graveyard planet, when he's tracking Baylart Valance. and a monk comes up to him and says, will you kindly donate alms for a humble caretaker of souls? One line. This is classic George Lucas. Oh, yeah. With those elements in New Hope, like the castle run and will be crushed to a million pieces in the spice mines of Castle. Another line. Obi-Wan and Luke, the Clone Wars. Another line, little things like that, words, phrases, it sets up your world with not a lot of effort. But if you know your story and your universe, you can drop those nuggets and it instantly world builds and it makes your universe feel that much bigger. And that's what this issue did with just little things like that. It's awesome. It is. And I'm glad you brought up that moment in the comic because on top of that, just to add to that. I, uh, the character of Bosk. Now, every every Star Wars fans basically loves Bosk. They love Bosk. Everything else. However, in all honesty, we never really knew the character of Bosk well, because he's never spoken before. Let's see. Um, no, there's a, a few expanded universe stuff. Dave, expanded but universe. That's all been retcon. That's all been retcon. Yeah, but this particular page I loved because you in one page. Saxon Villanelli were able to capture the character of Bosk. Dude, he's so cool looking. I'm like going visually badass. Dude, like I'm like going. The yeah. art is just so fucking good. There, there's a reason with there. Uh, when I read this issue, there's a reason why Bosk is considered more dangerous than Chewbacca, because Bosk would rip Chewbacca to pieces. Or also, if you play <laughs> Battlefront Two, he shoots acid canisters at you. That's really <laughs> yeah. dangerous. But like, look out! <laughs> I hate people that play Bosk on Battlefront Two. <laughs> it's such a cheap character, dude. Yeah, but like the dialogue, and then on top of that, you get the dialogue with the monk. Oh my god, it was so funny because he's like, "Mercy is a blessing," and Bosk is, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> and I'm like, like "Yeah." They get the character. Ethan yeah. really does understand, kind of like. There's not much known about this character. Let's add to him and let's give the audience something that we can actually say, okay, now we're seeing more character. I I guess you could call it character development, but like, at least we now know what I feel like what Bosk really sounds like. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, look, Dave, we just had a, what, a 30 minute discussion on a comic book that's what 22 23 pages yeah i mean that's how good this is it's really good so i'm gonna give this particular issue man i hate rating thing i feel like i'm just throwing out 90s dave but 
I'm. No, <laughs> I actually like this one better than the first issue. I do too. I do too. I don't remember what I rated the first issue, but I'm going to give, I, I feel comfortable giving this one a 90%. I'm going to give this a higher one because this had me really excited. And just to add to things, I really, it, it adds points for me because of the dedication to Alan Harris, who actually is the original actor who played Bosk. Oh, okay. And uh, Alan Harris passed away this past January. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they dedicated this specific issue towards him. And when you, when you get to the point where I like Bosk actually gets a character development now to a, and the actor that portrayed him gets dedicated to it. You get extra Buku points from me. So I gave this issue a 98 in my notes. It hits every single note. It continues the, the, the really fun vibes from issue one and carries on not only from issue one, but carries on the story of Valance from, uh, from uh, the Han Solo series and target Vader. That says a lot. That means that Ethan Sachs really is thinking about the characters, what was set before him. It's mm-hmm. not just about what he thinks. It's also he he has to throw in there that basically there is an origin to Valance. Yeah. It's all good, Dave. And unfortunately, this will be the last issue of Bounty Hunters that we cover for a while because of the coronavirus. But once they start sending these issues out we will cover it on our regular feed as promised for the foreseeable future because we didn't finish covering uh star wars resistance right is that what it was See, I don't uh, what even, was it uh, I, I don't know what that was uh, i don't know what you're talking about yeah. because we bailed on that terrible series um we have decided to just use the bounty hunter ongoing Marvel series as a way to make up for that. Yeah. We just will be breaking these down each and every month left that Titanic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I saw the iceberg. (laughs) Oh yeah. You saw the the pilot episode and yet I was just like the Titanic captain and I refused to call it out and abandon ship. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to tell the company line. I'm going to be a loyal star Wars fan. And, and finally, you know, we were, we were like the musicians. The musicians, those the guys yeah, that played we the were smiling and pretending nothing was happening. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this concludes our discussion on Star Wars Bounty Hunters issue two. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Oh, yes. <laughs>